you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. It's a joy to be with you this morning. Um, as we shared, we had a very special morning and baptizing Phoebe. And it's been a while since I've come by here. Um, it's been since before Pastor CJ was called. And so there may be some new faces, and some of you may be wondering, who is this person? Well, like I said, I am honored to serve as Bishop of the Synod. And one of the things that I am most honored by is that every time I go to churchwide, how many of you are familiar with what churchwide is? Okay, so churchwide is um, the office of the presiding bishop, where all the things of the, our denomination happen. In that space, we come together maybe two to three times a year as a conference of bishops, and we kind of compare notes. What's happening in your synod? What's happening in the other synod? What's happening with our colleagues? What is the context of your space? And one of the things that is consistently true about our synod is that it's an, it's an anomaly across the church. There is no synod like ours. How many of you... Um, I mean, we could, we could have a conversation as to why we're an anomaly, but I'll just give you, I'll just tell you why. It happens that this is the only synod in our church that every person, every congregation in our synod has someone or several families that are connected to government in some way, shape, or form, whether it's military or any branch of the government. In every congregation of our synod, there, there are people who either work for the government or love people who work for the government. That alone makes us a very different space because what is true about our space is that we can truly change the world. We've been called to change the world and to live into our faith in ways that are life-giving, in ways that actually matter. And in that context, in that space, in that knowledge of what it means to live and lead in this particular space, we don't want to take for granted these moments where we get to explore the text and how it is that Jesus is inviting us to live out our faith. I say that with um, some caution because today the text, the one that I would like to focus on, is the psalm for today. I don't know how many of you noticed, but the psalm for today is quite revealing. It can be extremely beautiful and also extremely intimidating. The very first verse says, Lord, you have searched me out. O oh, Lord, you have known me. Now, there's something really powerful about being known, and I especially find it quite, quite um, refreshing to be known. However, when the text continues and it says, you know my sitting down and my rising up, you discern my thoughts from, from afar. You trace my journeys and my resting places and are acquainted with all my ways. There is an interview that comes to mind that I saw a couple years ago. And that was an interview between Oprah and Barbara Brown Taylor. How many of you are familiar with Barbara Brown Taylor? She happens to, you're not. Okay, so I get to tell you a bit about who she is. She is an Episcopalian priest. She is a scholar from Duke University. She is an author, a very well-published, best-selling author. She's a theologian, and I had the pleasure of meeting her a couple years ago, and she happens to be, to be a pretty wonderful human being. And so while I was listening, reading this text, and remembering this interview, I remembered something in particular, and that was that 
at the end of the interview, Oprah offered some words that she wanted Barbara to respond to. And the first word that she presented to Barbara was light. And immediately, Barbara said, oh, no, I, I don't like the light. Now, for a theologian, pastor, preacher, a well-known author of all things theological and divine, to say that they don't like the light, that was quite surprising, right? Um, but what followed wasn't so surprising. She said, I don't like the light because the light reveals all things. The light reveals everything about who we are. And there are some things I'd rather not be seen. Now, reading the text for today and considering that, yeah, there may be some things in our stories. There may be some things in our lives. There may be some things that we have done, that we have said, that we have been participants of, that we're not necessarily proud of. And all those things are revealed in the light. And yet, what's beautiful about this psalm is that it does not remain in the flaws of who we are and how we behave, but it follows through into who we are in God's eyes. In God's eyes, we are total human beings that are very, very capable of doing things that are harmful to ourselves and to others. We're very capable of being complicit in ways that give life, that, that, that provoke death and not life. We're very capable of aligning ourselves with values and worldviews that are unhelpful to our context and in our spaces. And we're extremely capable of kindness. We're capable of love. We're capable of showing up when the world needs us most. We're capable of doing things that even surprise us. In all of our fullness, all of who we are, the totality of our humanity is seen by God. And God says, you have been wonderfully and beautifully made. Nothing about you separates me from, separates you from God's love. Nothing about our stories, our histories, our frustrations, our confusions, our belief systems, nothing about who we are in our minds, in our hearts, in our spirits, especially those things we do not want to be seen or known. None of those things can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And so this is the beauty of the psalm. This is the gift that we have as we enter into a new year, as we're in the season of Epiphany, as we consider the revelation that comes with the light of Christ that has come into this world and pierces through the darkness and the pain and the grief of our world. This is the gift that especially as we sometimes want to dwell in what's not working and what's not good and what's festering and working ways that are not helpful to our lives and to others, when we want to focus there, God is saying there's more. You're called to more. You're called to do things that actually matter and cause liberation and transformation, not only for the sake of your personal life, of your family, of this congregation, maybe even of this denomination, but for the sake of the world. And so today, when Jesus comes to Philip and says, follow me, Jesus is inviting Philip to follow him into some scandalous, risky movement, into some things that are going to be hard and challenging. And so when Philip looks and sees his friend, Nathaniel, he tells Nathaniel, come, come, we found the one. We found the Messiah. We found the one that we have always been looking for as the son of the living God. Nathaniel says, where is he from? Oh, he's from Nazareth. Well, can anything good come out of Nazareth? I ask you, 
um, just to share some popcorn responses of where you're from. I'm from the Bronx. Where are you from? Harlem. Where? Where? Denver. Where else are we from? Iowa. Venezuela. Where? Oregon. Can anything good come out of these places? The gospel text gives us a resounding yes. It's a resounding yes of the goodness that can come out of every single place we come from. The fullness and totality, the beauty and the messiness of all of who you are is good. It's wonderfully and beautifully made. And so in this epiphany season, let the light of Christ reveal it all. Not only what you see and what you want to focus on, but let the light of Christ reveal who you are in God's eyes. So that when someone asks, can anything good come, come out of Denver, or Iowa, or Harlem, or wherever, you can say, as Jesus would say, a resounding yes, because I'm choosing to show up with God's help and in Jesus' name. Amen? Can we pray together? Let us pray. Holy God, we thank you because it is your Holy Spirit that insists and persists and will never, ever leave us. Thank you for the ways that you help us breathe even as we grieve and as we think and are just consumed by insecurity and frustration and confusion. We ask, dear God, that you be with us in any space that we are at this moment. You know our stories. You know our lives. You know every thought in our mind and even every word that is preparing to come out of our mouths. You know it well. You also know the fullness of who we are, the beauty of who we are, and even the messiness, which makes us even more interesting. You know it all, and you love it all, and you call all of it. We ask that you give us courage and boldness to show up in our fullness. We ask that you give us courage and boldness to accept and receive and welcome everyone and anyone in their fullness. We ask that you give us what we need in this season, in this time, to live into the call that you have placed before us, that we might dare to follow you, Jesus, even into the risky places, even into experiences that we're not expecting, but experiences that will bring about life and life abundance. Give that be with us. Help us to trust you. Help us to walk with you. Help us to love you in all of our ways. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.